You're listening to Talking TV with Liz and Lindy of PureFandom.com. Greetings, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Talking TV with Liz and Lindy. I'm Liz. And I'm Lindy. And we are continuing our recap of Game of Thrones. And this is... um, the fourth episode we're covering of the seventh season, Spoils of War. So badass. Also the shortest episode of the season. Yeah, which was crazy. I mean, the whole battle. What are they calling it? The Battle of the what again? Uh, Battle of, oh shoot. It's called the, um, I read it a million times and now I can't remember what it's they're calling battle it. Battle of. It's the something something battle. The, well, they kept the, calling... Um, Bob, they kept calling Battle of the Bastards Bob, like behind the scenes. And I was like, what the hell is Bob? <laughs> and then. I'm going to look yeah, up what I don't this know. war was called. We'll get to that. We'll get to it. Um, but yes, yeah, Spoils of War, which was amazing. We, uh, we have a lot to talk about considering it was one of the shortest episodes. But yeah. I think we can get through it quick. And I wanted to bring up a couple of theories I know we were talking about um, that sort of relate to this episode and we'll probably do extra podcasts or an extra post on these theories, but I want to at least like bring them up and like, just get your, I don't know, just get your pallets wet. Okay. Uh, by the way, it was called the loot train battle. Loot train. That's, that's what, what it was. I knew it was something stupid. What a dumb name. Which it's kind of like, just call it Drogon's battle. Or how about yeah. like Drogon's coming out party? Because Drogon's coming out, yeah. <laughs> he is like in Westeros and people know it now. Uh, real quick. Well, let's just talk about the battle first. Whatever. Let's do it. We can you go talk about battle now. first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched the behind the scenes thing. Yeah. Where they talked about how they made the battle or whatever. And the director, his past credits are like, um, what was it like? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. What? And, yeah, and like something else, like sitcommy. Like this is his first, like I don't know anything medieval or epic, and Damn. he crushed it. Yeah. So that's I thought that was interesting. Crazy. Yeah, that's but he, really crazy. Yeah, and he was saying that he wanted to make the battle from the ground perspective and in those sorts of situations you have to like pick a focal point so he picked jamie as the focal point for the perspective that we saw because it's like if we do airborne the whole time you know you're not really seeing exactly what drogon's doing like what was so cool about having it from jamie's perspective was that it's like it's a freaking dragon for one it's unlike any they're kind of like the Roman army, right? Like they're the best army in the world and they're being completely annihilated. So it's just like being completely flabbergasted and just taken aback, not knowing what to do. And the guys that were lit on fire, they were lit on, they set a record for most people set on fire in a TV (laughs) or film set. 20 people were set on real fire. I know that's, I mean, that takes a brave person, but thank you to those, to those people because it turned out awesome. (laughs) I mean, I guess I do that to be on Game of Thrones, but. You would? Well, if I had like, 
Probably not actually. Like I'd rather be the person that like drinks wine in the background or even like cleaned up the horse shit. Like that sounds safer. Yeah. What would you pick? What would you pick? I would pick like a background person who's drinking wine behind Circe just standing there. That would be my role. Between poop or being lit on fire. Like, oh, those are my options. Yeah. Uh, I guess poop because I used to have to do that all the time. What? When did you? On my grandpa's farm. Like all the time? That was like your summer job? Well, I mean, I didn't get paid for it, but uh, I did it. So. It sounds like you got the short end of the stick there. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, yeah. Well, that's a fun fact. Okay. So so there's that part of the battle. Um, Oh, wait. You know what I thought was interesting? Somebody pointed this out and I, I don't know where I read it, but. In an earlier season with Robert Baratheon, he made a statement, and I cannot figure out what scene this was from. Maybe you remember, but he said only a fool would take on the Dothraki in an open field, which was pretty funny because that's exactly what happened to the army of King's Landing (gasps) and the Dothraki. Dude, I'm loving these callbacks. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. So I just had to point that out because I read that somewhere, and I thought that was pretty interesting, so... Well, I mean, it's true. Like, why would you, those guys, oh, and the guys that were, the stuntmen that were, um, what's it called, actually on top of the horses, like Mm -hmm. with the bow and arrows, they were legit on, like they created special stirrups so they could actually do that. Like that's not altered in any way. Jesus. I know. So badass. I know. I hope they got paid a lot, but I bet they got paid like $10. I don't know. I mean, if I could ride on a horse like that all the time, I'd be like, sure, I'd just do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'd do it for free. For sure. Oh, before we talk about the battle, which we haven't done yet, actually, really, my favorite part was Braun laughing at Dickon's name. I know. He was like, Dickon? Really? <laughs> that was awesome. Um, what I, my favorite thing about this battle, and if you guys didn't know, I was in Wizard World Columbus this past weekend, and we had a Game of Thrones panel. Um, and one of the things that we talked about is Columbus Comic Con. Right? Is that yeah. what I said? You said Wizard World Columbus, but I didn't know if people oh. knew if what com- if it was a Comic Con or not. Well, get some knowledge. Like, you can you can Google Wizard World and figure it out for yourself. Well, I didn't know. But I would <laughs> if I didn't know about Wizard World. I'd think you were with a wizard named Columbus. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the things we talked about was a how George R. R. Martin likes to blur the lines between good and and bad, and what who's good and who's bad, and what's right and what's wrong. And I think it was very interesting to see Jamie's perspective. We have we as fans care about Jamie and Braun, and then we have Danny and Tyrion who we who we care about and we root. For for and to see just the devastation from the two of them going head to head um was crazy and i feel like it's the first time as viewers that we've seen people that we equally care care about their character um come head to head in something like that and another thing we talked about is george r R. martin personally hates war and whenever he does these battle scenes he really tries to paint them as being horrible truly horrible and he really succeeded with this scene in showing the absolute horrors of 
of this battle. And yeah, we root for Danny, but holy shit, that was kind of terrible and sickening to watch, even though it was her doing what, you know, she thinks was right. Agreed. I mean, and they, you know, I think, I don't think we should be upset with Danny. Like if some, I've read that some people were saying, oh, she's just, you know, burning things down. Like Tyrion told her not to. When it comes to a war scene, that's completely different. She's not going into a city killing a bunch of innocent people. Like when it's soldiers against soldiers, you know, she has to, to play to her strengths while she's at yeah. war. And she said, all right, um, they're traveling along this path on the way back from High Garden. We have the advantage up on a hill. We are going to come down with my Dothraki army, and then I'm going to burn everyone alive with my dragon. <laughs> you know? And it's one yeah. of those things where, you know, I'm sure it's – I think it's alluded as well that she's thinking, yeah, these people know I have dragons, but until – you see them and see what we can mm -hmm. do with them. Like kind of alluding to what John said, like John said, people follow you when their conversation where she asked on his opinion, he said, people right. follow, you know, follow you because they believe in you. If they're, they don't, you don't want people to, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was along the lines mm -hmm. of people, you've gotten to where you are, not out of fear, but out of respect. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to continue to do this, you need to figure out a way to do that without, winning with madness by burning cities down. So right. in the next, uh, for the episode or for the, in the trailer for the next episode, you know, we see Danny saying, join me now and be loyal and I'll be, I will be the best queen to you. Or, you know, I'm just going to kill you because you're obviously my enemy, which is right. a fair thing to do when you're in the middle of war. So right. I think, I think she definitely took what John said to heart there and said, okay, yeah, I'm going to show them what I can do and then show them that I'm a fair leader and say, Hey, you know, you killed my people, um, both on land and on water in the last two episodes. Mm -hmm. And I came and just showed you what the fuck is up. So you can either <laughs> join me now <laughs> or like, I'll kill you, which right. I think is totally fair. And that's like, an honorable way to act amidst a war. Like what else are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I don't personally think this, but another thing that was brought up in the game of Thrones panel at uh, the wizards, the wizards world of Columbus. Um, that Columbus was, said the wizard Columbus said, yeah, the great wizard Columbus, Columbo. <laughs> um, crap. What was I going to say? Oh yes. That, there are people that think that Danny is going to go dark. So it was a theory that we talked about. And I asked who thinks Danny has the potential to go, to go um, bad, to go dark and perhaps maybe go a little crazy like her father did and take things a little too far. And a surprising amount of people raised their hand that they thought that was what was going to happen to her. I don't because I think she's meant to be one of the heroes of the story, but I do think people have valid points as to why they think that that's going to happen. I mean, seeing for one, seeing the, this particular battle from Jamie's perspective kind of painted Danny in a different light. Um, also 
she's been, I wouldn't say power hungry, but she used to talk a lot about freeing people and, and doing things to free slaves. And she seems to be trying to claim power now or explain why she should have the power by talking about being the rightful heir. Um, and I don't know, there's people that think that maybe the way that she's kind of been acting lately could prove that maybe she is going to get a little bit too power hungry, take things a little bit too far and that that could be her downfall. And some people think it'll even go as far as her becoming crazy. Like, do you father. think, do you think that they would have said that? Um, Cause I know this panel you hosted was on Friday before the Sunday's episode. Do you right. think that they would have thought that still after I Sunday's think episode? Think, I do. I think they think it even more now only because of the way, like you said, brought up that um the battle was filmed from jamie's perspective um i don't know i see i just have a weird feeling i have a weird feeling with her right now um because i think that they're kind of i used to think that she was going to be the great hero kind of the savior of everybody um and now i tend to think that they're setting that up to be john and i can kind of see where they might take Danny down a road where maybe she goes a little too far. And in the previews for next episode, they had Tyrion. What did he say? He said something about having to try to convince her not to do something, um, which I don't know foreshadows her maybe ma- making a rash decision, or maybe that's Tyrion trying to save his brother. I don't if know. She makes the rash decision she makes though, in her defense. So you brought up a good point though, about Danny having, to before it was about freeing slaves and blah, 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 blah. She's not where she is going. Like she did that. And she made sure she did that before she left for Westeros. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of paid her dues. Now she's fulfilling her destiny. And if there were slaves in Dragonstone, she'd free the slaves in Dragonstone. If there were slaves in King's Landing, she'd free the slaves in King's Landing. And the reason she hasn't just taken all three of her dragons and gone to King's Landing is because she refuses to kill all those people. Yeah. So I think as long as she's still on that path, she's still on the right path. She's probably going to make some, I agree with you. I think she'll make some rash decisions that may paint her in a poor light, but I don't think she'd ever do it out of, she'd do it because she truly believed it was, she thinks she wants to be on the iron throne because it's her birthright, but also she believes that she's the best leader for the people, you know, and she, she knows yeah. that people believe in her and she's freed slaves and she's like, I will be a just ruler. I'm not my dad. Like, right. And if you look at Stannis, he just wanted it because he's like, it's bullshit. My nephews aren't really my nephews, you mm-hmm. know, and he was kind of grasping at black magic and killing his brother in order to do that. And that's something Danny never Never would have no. done. The reason yeah. she killed her brother is because her brother sold her into slavery and was a piece of mm-hmm. shit. And yeah, that was at that that was epic when she put the gold thing on his head. We'll right. never forget that. So, and I want us to think about it this way too, because I find myself thinking this way. So let's just think about like badass leaders in history in general, right? Like, what's an example? I don't know. Think of okay. Think of Gladiator, right? Okay. So amazing movie, Russell Crowe, <laughs> you know, he was a badass and fought and killed people and did all these things. And we're like, yes, he's just, he's blah, 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 blah. Are we painting Danny in a poor light because she's a woman? 
and saying what she has to be this like motherly free slave. She can't be a badass and go into battle and kill people without people thinking she's going to the dark side. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily it. I think that it's just that her, I think it's, it's just showing the, the way the storyline is for her now is just different than what we saw before where now she is aiming for the throne harder than ever because of, of where she's at in her story. I don't personally think that Danny's going to go dark. I think she, she might need to be kept in check a couple of times, but the, the person that she is still would, like you said, still free slaves wherever she go. And she, she's not going to sacrifice innocent people. It's just that the battles and the wars are about to really be amped up. Shit is going down. Um, I don't think personally we're going to see her go dark. I don't think that that's, that's going to happen. I definitely see where fans could, could maybe think that'd be a possibility, but I think, I think we can say, I think we both agree that she's probably not going to head in that direction. Yeah, I don't think so. And you just made me think of a point as well. She is unlike any other leader to where she is counseled by so many different cultures and perspectives which mm-hmm. is a good thing, but can also work against her in some ways to tear her in two different directions to where it's going to be difficult for her to make a decision because mm-hmm. Tyrion comes from this Roman Empire-esque background of diplomacy and, you know, you need that. Like, he's he's a boss. But then yeah. you have, you know, Grey Worm, who is one of the trained in the best armies in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. battle, battle, battle. Then you have Masende, who is just kind of this uh, sort of voice of reason, um, but ultimately supports her with whatever decision she has. Then, you know, you have Varys, who comes straight up from King's Landing. So it's like, I know he right now thinks of me as the best option, but is there some sort of motive behind everything he's suggesting me? You know, so she's just kind of yeah. like... It's not yeah. like she has, like with Jon Snow, he, in the North, he has these families that have been loyal to the Starks for over a thousand years. So it's like, she's just building this, this circle of trust. So she's still yeah. like, shit, you know, what do yeah. I do? And then you have the Dothraki who, you know, they're just, they're following her because they follow the biggest horse. And right now the biggest horse is Drogon. And she knows she has their loyalty, but she can't really rely on their counsel. So she's just, I see where people would be skeptical of her decisions right now because she is as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think what she, we we could go on about Dean forever, but I'll just say, I think what she did in this episode was the right call. I mean, it's a freaking war and she did what she needed to do and she very easily could have taken out villages of people and she didn't so Agreed. um but i did also i want to mention too about because i want your opinion on what you think is going to happen next so all of the shit that she burned up with the dragon right. all of the trucks full of stuff is that like food and supplies from high garden because i watched a video from nerdist talking about the episode and they were talking about how it was probably food and supplies headed for king's landing so i mean if king's landing is going to be barricaded off and this was supplies that was supposed to get there to feed the people and to feed everybody, you know, in these times of war, could that have some kind of effect on things? Um, I think it definitely was because Cersei had mentioned that they needed food for the long winter. 
to feed the city. So, mm-hmm. and that high garden supplied that. Um, I think it probably was food and all that sort of stuff. Um, maybe some gold. I don't know. Did Drogon melt some of that gold? Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know because they also pointed out that Jamie, Jamie, I think said that, or one of them had said that they did get the gold out of, out of there and was headed, we're heading back to Kingsland in the third or something. Okay. Well, then if it was food, I don't think we should be worried. Like if you're insinuating worried, that'll go against Danny because the only reason they took the food was because they knew High Garden was no longer an ally. Um, well, I just wonder if it'll throw King's Landing into chaos since, Oh, that, you know, they're going to of it. Um, yeah. Since yeah. they'll be barricaded off with no food. Yeah, for sure. I think it will yeah. definitely. And it'll hopefully be something that further throws Cersei off her loop. I hope definitely. so. Cause she's, just an evil little bitch. Also, okay, so I, people are like, is Jamie going to die? Jamie's not going to die, okay? That no, end scene, well, he's, he's going to get pulled out. I think that what might happen is, okay, so she'll have Braun and Jamie as her, as her um, prisoners now. And we saw Theon show up on shore, and he wants to get his sister back. So I wonder if they'll try to do a trade for Yara and Jamie. Because Jamie is kind of Cersei's weak point, and I would, it would be very interesting to see them propose that trade and Cersei be like, "Nope, I don't even want Jamie back." Well, this I could even, war. I say it the other way around. I say Jamie doesn't want to go back, and hmm. maybe that was another reason they intentionally had it from Jamie, the battle from Jamie's perspective. Okay. Because he's seeing this power that she has. And if he is taken prisoner of her, so he has, you know, he's going to be spending all this time with Danny and with Tyrion, he might just switch sides. Right. Because he sees what he's, and the show has made a point to show the audience how much Jamie is not liking the type of ruler Cersei is how he doesn't agree with a lot that she's doing. And so he's seeing, okay, that's, he's seen one side of it when he sees the other side and says, man, she's the best option for King's landing. And let's not forget. Yeah. Okay. She killed her. He killed her dad, Mm -hmm. but Tyrion knows why he really killed her dad. He didn't kill her dad because he was hungry for the throne. He killed her. King Ares because he was going to murder innocent people like hundreds right. of thousands of them. So at Jamie's core, he is, uh, he truly is a King's guard to the throne. Yeah. And Cersei's doing everything he stands against. And the only reason he is with her is because he loves her. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm very excited to see the reunion between Jamie and Tyrion and the conversation that they will have now that they made a point for Jamie to find out that Tyrion wasn't the one responsible for killing Joffrey. Right. Um, so it'll be quite interesting. Okay. I can't I, um, wait. I can't wait either. And I know we only have like 10 minutes left, but I really want to talk oh, about Winterfell. We have to talk so- about, yeah, we have to talk about Arya and Bran. Yes. So um, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Bran, so of course Bran had that conversation with Littlefinger and we all loved it because he made Littlefinger look uncomfortable like Bran is doing with everyone right now. And <laughs> when Bran said chaos is a ladder, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peter was like, had this weird look on his face. So of course I started Googling and I asked some of you on Twitter and one of you sent me this article on um, the Daily Dot and the article says that in uh, season three's episode, The Climb, um, this is the episode where like John climbs the wall with Ygritte and Tormund. Mm -hmm. Um, in that episode, Varys and Littlefinger are speaking in the throne room at King's Landing and they have this conversation, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, Varys, though he, I'm quoting the article, though he admires Littlefinger, once described him as one of the most dangerous men in Westeros, Littlefinger tells him chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Many who try to climb it fail and never get to try again. The fall breaks them, and some are given a chance to climb, but they refuse. They cling to the realm or the gods or love. Illusions. Only the latter is real. The climb is all there is. So this is why he got freaked the F out when Bran right. was like, chaos is a ladder. And right. he's like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, he, he does know this stuff. So. I, and I actually picked up on that, which is weird because I can't, I usually can't remember what happened like two episodes before. So I, it was pretty crazy, but yeah. And he had, Littlefinger had a crazy look on his face then. And then he had, he looked really uncomfortable watching Arya fight, which I thought was awesome. How he kept like looking up to Sansa like, oh shit, this isn't. And saw that she had the knife now. Yes. And so, it's the same knife that we referenced in our first podcast. The cat's paw. Yes, that was in the book that Samwell was reading when he first discovered mm-hmm. there is pos- about the dragon glass in Dragonstone, the mountain. Right, so glass. go back to that first podcast if you haven't, uh, if you don't know about the cat's paw blade. Um, and we could probably do a whole podcast on stuff like that. But yeah, that's very interesting. My question for you is, so now Bran is like super weird and he's referencing all of these moments that people mm-hmm. have had. Is he just all seeing now and has become the three-eyed raven and can basically see everything? Because it's not like we're seeing him travel to these specific pockets of time where he would have seen these scenes. So is he like all knowing? Like how, how is he, I don't understand how he's getting this information. So here's my prediction. My prediction is, and I can't remember if we talked about this on a podcast or not yet, so I'll high level it and you can reel me in. Um, he's chilling by that tree a lot. So he's absorbing, he's been by, the, and they showed him when he first arrived back at Winterfell that he needs to like study. So he's been studying. So I think he definitely is all seeing now. And um, I think that he is the three-eyed raven. He's just continuing to learn. And from what we know about how time works now in Game of Thrones, it's a thread. It's not like you can go back in time. Like everything's a continuous loop um, that he kind of weaves through. I think that he was always the three-eyed raven. Um, did I tell you about the theory of how he is the White Walker, the Night King. Oh yeah, we, we talked. Uh, was that last week I think when we broke that down? Um, this is pregnancy brain so. at its finest. Okay, I know that I talked about it at the 
con. So then it's it probably was because we talked about it. Yeah, Perfect. because I okay. yes, that's the theory so, we talked about last week. If you've been following along with us, uh, check out like the last twenty minutes of our podcast from recapping the third episode of the season, and it dives more into that. So you can kind of understand what we're talking about more, but I definitely think he's all knowing now. And I think it's, um, it's one of those things to me, it alludes to that. He doesn't take advantage of it. He just kind of taps into intuition and what he needs to know. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to figure out what his purpose is. And if people fall along that path of purpose, he will dive in and get all your secrets because it's essential to the overall yeah. Success of defeating the White Walkers. So I'm curious to hear or to find out what, where Littlefinger plays in this, because is, is it like, okay, he's diving into the past of Littlefinger. Is it because he wants to protect his family or is it because Littlefinger has a huge part to play in the war against winter and he needs to yeah. be in tune with that? Or is it a combination of both? Right. And I, I'm one of those weird people that I kind of like Littlefinger. I don't, I know most people hate him, but I don't, I don't mind him that much. I kind of like Littlefinger because I think he would protect Sansa and I think he's a skeevy little thing, but I kind of like him as character. As a character. Yes, he's great, but I think he sucks balls. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Bran has visions of the future, correct? But he can't necessarily see the future unhindered or else he would be like, Hey, here's what's going to happen. And here's what we need to do. You know, is that. So it's because it hasn't happened yet. So it's not because it's because everything works together. So it's like, he can't change the future. He can't change the past because it's already happened or it hasn't happened yet. But he like, so with Hodor, Okay. You know, they kind of explained it where he goes into the past, right? And Mm -hmm. he wargs into Hodor, thus causing Hodor in, you know, present day to be the way he is. But that couldn't happen until Bran was older. So to me, that means that time is just a continuous loop. It's not that, like, he can't go back now and change that. Okay. Like, he can't go back and change the fact that he warged into Hodor and that happened because right. it, it threaded so many different events. It wasn't like, um, oh, if I go back and I move the tablecloth, then nothing will ever fall off of it because the fact, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. because that table, the tablecloth only affects what happened at that point in time. When Bran messes with time, it affects multiple points of time, thus making it one thread and not a cause and effect. Okay. That's intense. Know. Does that Good make sense? Job. That's kind of how yeah. I look at it. I don't know. Yeah. You know how I am with yeah. time travel. So I'm oh trying God. to. We need to have a whole new podcast on um, Bran theories because there's so many dang. Because there's Bran as being all of the brands in history, like Bran the Builder. And then there's right. Bran being the Night King. And Bran as the Three-Eyed Raven. Bran, there's even a theory that I haven't read, but I saw, and I didn't dive into it, but it's Bran being the Mad King, which is kind of crazy and I don't know what the basis is behind that but um yeah yeah we got we did one last year and we need to update for sure 
because he is the key, I think, to all of this. He and um, I don't know. It's just uh, a lot of crazy. It's a lot of craziness. And I think um, the last thing I think we should dive into, obviously, Arya returning was epic. Her and Sansa, amazing. Yeah. Um, and you know she was down in that motherfricking crypt, and you know how I feel about the crypts, y'all. <laughs> and um, – so there's, and this is something we just need to do a separate podcast on, uh, but we're curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So we always bring up the crypt in every episode and try and bring some more little light to it. And there is in George R. R. Martin's A World of Ice and Fire, and I think little sprinkles in the books as well, hints that um, there is or was at one point a dragon in the Winterfell crypts on Game of Thrones. And I think that it's possible there are dragon eggs under there and that they could somehow hatch hmm. with John. I don't know. There's a lot. It, I mean, it's seriously like a lot, like we would need like a, a dedicated podcast, but um, it talks about how the reason Winterfell is built where it is, is because of um, like the steam and the heat that is brought off from that specific part of land. And some people believe it's because there were at one point dragons under there. Like, I don't know. There's all sorts of shit. Hmm. Interesting. So it's pretty I still deep. think that there, yeah, that we might need a podcast for. Um, and I also, I think speaking of more dragons, I still think people, this is in another podcast too, the ice dragon in the wall. Like maybe a dragon that the White Walkers can control. Yeah. I think is still very much a possibility. 100%. Speaking of the White Yes. And the speaking of the White Walkers, and last thing I'll say, because I want kind of want your opinion on this. The biggest question that I have right now with the show in general is why are the White Walkers just now descending south? Like we know that they were able to negotiate almost with the humans before and stay in their place north of the wall. Um, we know they didn't kill like in Craster's keep because they were sacrificing babies. So it's not like they're completely animalistic with no rationale. So I'm curious what, what it is about the specific point in time that is making them descend south of the wall and setting them into motion and also what happened that they're not willing to negotiate and stay up there like they're supposed to anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they're supposed to. Well, um, I mean, why are they so bad all of a sudden that this is just now happening? Maybe I'm missing something here. Well, I think they were always bad because they were built out of dark magic. Well, it so, wasn't their fault. They were created. Exactly. So I God. think that that's, um, you know, that has manifested maybe into vengeance against man. And I think over time they've been building their army. And I truly believe that brand has something to do with the fact that they are able to now continue venturing. I think so. So too. I there's think some sort of connection in. between three eyed Raven and cause why the hell would the night King give a shit about some joker in a tree you know, he was seeking out the three-eyed yeah, raven. He, he so, is. Good so, point. Yeah, so he was seeking him out. So I think that definitely, you know, either broke the seal or did something to where they could finally move south. Mm-hmm. That's a which, super good point. Which is why I, I really do think Bran is 
and it has always been the three-eyed raven, like the old man, because we talked about last week how, you know, there was some significance in the Night King touching Bran, and then all this other shit happened, and he could find him now. So it's like, it has to be connected. I think, I think so too, and that's a really good point. I didn't even think about the fact that the White Walkers like specifically sought out the three-eyed raven. That's really right. Bizarre. Um, and what? let's talk really quick about um, the cave paintings. <laughs> I kind of laughed at it. I thought it was kind of weird. I don't know why. Well, it's just, I think it's one of those things where they're trying to show Danny, other than her just believing chatter, that um, people of different walks of life have worked together, like the living versus the dead. So um, I think that was the point they were trying to make there. They're trying to build that foundation. Yeah, um, I just find it odd that like Danny and her people wouldn't have like scoured the 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 area by now and maybe not stumbled upon that. Or have you seen the memes of <laughs> of that scene? And it's like Don or it's like John dusts chalk off hands. Hey Danny, look at these cave paintings I just found. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, people were kind amazing. of making fun of the scene, um, not like making fun of it, making fun of it, just. It was maybe it's just that cave paintings don't really seem like a Game of Thronesy type thing, but um, yeah, I I, I was kind of rolling my eyes at her that she's like, "But you have to bend the knee," and I'm like, "Girl, just get over it already. Get over like, it, because we yeah. got bigger fish to fry at this point." Like, no, she's not, or he will once you defeat them. Sure, no problem. Once you yeah. defeat the White Walkers, God, so stupid. So dumb, whatever. I was. I just want to say before we end this, my ultimate prediction is that George R. R. Martin's whole overarching theme of the entire series and what will be made clear at the very end of the show is that man is the downfall of basically of everything and is their own worst enemy, like with the brutal war scenes and, and the White Walkers being created against man and then it basically you know maybe decimating them all i think that in the very end you know i wouldn't be surprised if nobody sat on the iron throne and it was just like i don't think all of our characters will die but i think at the end there will be a a bigger point than what we even realize right now is what he's trying to make with with the series a hundred percent because like the war at the end is not even gonna matter we do it do, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's and hopefully people will realize that at the end, like, what is it all for? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, we just fought snow zombies. Like, mm-hmm. what, what else? Why do I care about anything else right now, other than the fact that I'm alive and humanity is still here? Right. Yeah, I think all of what we're seeing, like this epic war that we've built up up to, in the end, after it all passes, I think it'll almost be inconsequential with the point that he tries to make and the way that he ties things up at the end. I'm just saying, you know, so that when all that happens, you know, you can be like, Oh, Lindy, that Lindy girl, she was totally right. Preach it. Sister. All along. Preach That's it. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Also, Arya is a little badass, and her and Brienne are like my new favorite people in Goals. the entire world. I know. That's I it. love it. And Podrick was like enjoying it. I, that was just, everything was great. I, I love it. Um, all right. I guess that's it. We'll, um, try and put up some more theories. Again, my due date is tomorrow. 
So <laughs> if this baby can hold off another week, we could get another podcast in. Um, if not, I will not be present. <laughs> um, but I had my appointment today and they said like shit's progressing guys. I'm sure We're- people are super excited to know. Oh, also I think they are because, um, this is a perfect opportunity to ask and end the podcast on. So Eric <laughs> and I opened up a gift yesterday. It's from thinkgeek.com. Oh, there's no letter or a note or card or who it's from, but it's a Game of Thrones like dragon. Um, it looks like a mommy backpack. What? Yeah, I have no idea. I forgot to tell you this. I have no idea who it's from. I'll send you a photo once we're done recording. So if it's one of you listeners out there, shoot yeah, us a little like line on it, Facebook. and <laughs> Hold on. All it says is, hold on, let me grab this note really quick. Okay, all it says is, yeah, the packing list. And I mean, they knew my address. So I'm like, who knew my address? Ship to Eric and Liz Prue, a message for you. And then the message is brought to you by TARDIS Delivery Systems from Emily S. via Facebook. Who is that? I don't know. But I don't know if brought to you by TARDIS Delivery Systems is just Think Geeks, like standard. um, Yeah. And like Emily S. is just a support rep that sent this. Or it's probably it, like a family member that's going to be really offended that you don't know who the hell they are. No, I don't know an Emily. I'm just kidding. I'm, just I'm kidding. like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't know, but I'll send it to you. Like, it's a fucking nice backpack. Like, it's leather. Okay, so thanks, And it has, guys. like, dragon scales on it and stuff. What? Yeah, it's, like, legit, dude. I want it. It okay. came in yesterday. Okay. Well, thank you, secret, secret uh, sender. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm looking, uh, Emily, no, no, I don't know any of these. I don't know. But then I'm like, how would they know my address? So I was like, oh, well, maybe they asked Lindy. No. I don't know. They're just Regardless, a super fan. Super They're a super fan. fan. Thank you, whoever <laughs> sent us this. Um, also, tell me how you got my address because it's kind of creepy if I don't know you. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So that episode was amazing. I'm really excited to see what comes up next. Yep. And if Danny does go dark, we will uh, eat our words, but we don't think so. Also, if you are going to be in Chicago in a couple of weeks, uh, the great wizards of the, <laughs> the great wizards of Chicago comic-con will be there and I will be there. And so will our writer, senior editor, all around unicorn badass Meg. So we'll be doing a Game of Thrones uh, panel there where we can talk some theories with you guys. And there's going to be a bunch of celebs there. The guest list for this con is out of this world. First of all, John Cusack. Like, what? That's random. And I'm and super Colby excited. And Colby Smolders. Yeah. David Tennant. I'm going to be chatting with David Tennant again. So I'll probably be you know, passed out on stage. I don't know how I made it through this past con, but, um, and there's some, well, well keep, stay tuned. Cause I think there's some more people getting announced that you guys are going to get excited about. But anyways, check out wizard world Chicago because it's going to be amazing. And we have a little coupon code over on our social medias pages. If you want 
10% off your tickets. So don't yeah. forget about that. So check that out. Use code pure fandom, um, to get your 10% off. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling. If you want to write for us, email Lindy L I N D I at purefandom.com and we'll get you up in podcasting or up in writing or YouTubing or whatever you want to do. And, um, make sure you check out all of our other amazing podcasts. Brad and court talk, of course, do all of our amazing sci-fi shows, uh, they're currently doing Winona Earp. They freaking rock. Brad, uh, who hosts that podcast, has also launched a new podcast on Blood Drive, the like cult sleeper hit on yes. sci-fi with one of our new writers, Sarah, who is amazing and I think loves GIFs more than Lindy and I, which is impressive. I know. She, she, in her first post, she didn't use GIFs. And I said, hey, feel free to use them. And she's like, Yes. And now she has like the best gift usage I've ever seen in my life. So you should probably check and it out. And she crushes it. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. She rocks. And then we also have uh, Pat and I wrapped up our 20th episode of our Star Wars Theory Series podcast. And um, Pat wanted to launch a Marvel podcast on Marvel movies. So we did that. He's the host. We just did Iron Man. Check that out. He, we're reliving all of the Avengers leading up to Infinity War. Uh, so make sure that you check that out. And I think that's it. Yeah, just follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, pure underscore fandom. We're on Facebook and all that jazz. And if you have any, somebody actually, I don't know if I sent it to you, but somebody emailed us an epic Jon Snow theory. And we'll have to talk about it when I get the full thing from him. But if you guys have any theories, send them to us. We'd love to read them and feature you on the podcast. So. Yes, please do. All right. All right. We'll we'll catch you guys next time. Until then. Capes out.